and welcome to Reality Roots Podcast with me, your host, Hillary. Welcome. So glad you could make it. I deeply, deeply apologize for last week's episode. I tried something new in my basement. <laughs> I didn't realize that my furnace would be so loud. I was in kind of a rush. Honestly, I have just been kind of playing with the best way to record this and get it out, and I'm going to fix it. I don't want to bore you guys with all the details of, you know, what I'm going to do or not do, but I'm trying to make it better, so I apologize for last week. I'm really hoping that this week and future weeks will be better. I paid penitence, penitence? paid penitence this week by watching an episode of Montel that had obviously been kind of, I mean, ripped. By ripped, I mean, I think record, like somebody recorded maybe on their phone uh, something that they had recorded on VHS from their TV. So it was pretty painful. There was a pretty obnoxious whining buzzing noise in the background of it that gave me a migraine within maybe four minutes of watching so I I took the hit this week so that you guys wouldn't have to watch that if for some reason you like to watch these back the episode like I said this week that I did was Montel a couple things I guess about Montel maybe I'll try to start you know, giving my, I don't know, not input, opinion, experience, I guess, with each of these particular shows as I go through. Montel was always one of my favorites, or I definitely think that in my head, but all I really remember was Sylvia Brown. So I picked like a Montel Sylvia Brown episode to go over. It was pretty good. I kind of remember... I remember at some point hearing that Montel was like really sick or like terminally ill. So I wanted to look that up before I started because I was like, I don't want to ship Montel. And then it turns out he died from something really sad <laughs> like recently. Don't need that. Or don't, I mean, yeah, I don't need that heat. I don't know if there's a lot of like Montel stands out there, but if there are, I would not want to invoke their anger. Like I said, I've always, I've always liked Montel. I was always into him. So I, you know, I just wanted to make sure I was being respectful. So he was diagnosed with MS, but he is still with us and he's done some advocacy for medical marijuana, it looks like, and things like that, but he is still here, which is good. The show is obviously not on anymore. This episode, oh, and when I looked that up, I also found out that Montel briefly dated Kamala Harris. <laughs> Which was very cool and very, I don't know, unexpected, I guess. I think they probably make like a cute couple, to be honest. It doesn't sound like it lasted very long, but I'm here for it. I would support that for, I guess, what would be Montel's fourth marriage because we also saw that he has is on his third marriage. Good for him. No hate on that. Anyway, I, I kind of wish they would have stayed together a little bit just so that we could have seen Montel like up in the White House or like going to uh, really official events. And you know what? I always thought he was well-spoken. Even in this episode, he's well-spoken. So I think he would have 
been an asset in Kamala Harris's mm, corner, I guess. Who knows? I wonder why it didn't work out. Oh, I have more questions than answers about Montel and Ms. Harris. Anyway, um, this episode, I also kind of, I guess, apologize, question mark. It is, I couldn't tell the date when I had started it, but from dates that they give during the episode, this seems to be from about 2005. So sorry that we, this, I think this is our first foray out of the 90s. As a result, I'd say I have less comments on people's outfits. Not that they weren't still terrible for the most part, but they they weren't as shockingly 90s, I guess. Or It's funny because 2005 doesn't seem that long ago to me. That's when I graduated high school. But also, it, when I really think about how long ago I graduated high school, I admit that it's like almost 20 years ago. Oh my god, that is depressing as hell. Anyway, it it seems like just yesterday, but then it seems like a long time ago. Anyway, not really an apology. I did say from the beginning that we would probably branch out a little bit into the early 2000s. So here we are in 2005. Sylvia Brown is here, guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> Sylvia Brown, I as I remember Sylvia Brown, which was definitely her from the 90s that I have in my head. The things that I always mostly associate with her is her nails and her hair. <laughs> her nails are never less than like six inches long. <laughs> They're always so, so, so long in a way that seems like it would be very inconvenient. There's a point where you look at, I mean, that is actually why we, like, why it is considered a fancy thing to have nice nails, right? Is it means you don't have to work. And when your nails are, I don't know, six inches plus long, you are definitely not working (laughs) with those nails. At least, I mean, you're not doing your own dishes, right? That's for sure. Her hair wouldn't be noticeable it's more the way that it moves like she obviously has the most amount of hair so she probably I'm gonna guess Sylvia Brown uses a full can of hairspray every day on her hair easily at least minimum one full can of hairspray is what's holding this whole thing together these two things together right the nails and the hair is what really sticks in my mind is the image of Sylvia Brown scratching her head. (laughs) Her hand is like, I don't know, a foot. I guess it's as long as her, it's as far away as her nails are. So her, her hand is like six to eight inches away from her head. She's, her nails close the gap, right? She's moving her hand up and down to scratch and her whole hair is moving independently of her head up and down with her hand in a way that is just fascinating. We didn't really get to see that here. Her nails were very long and very red, but her hair is kind of moving like hair. So maybe maybe someone from the Montel show was like, hey, uh, Sylvia, maybe we just cut it down to like half a can today. Or maybe we get a different type of hairspray that actually has some movement in it. I was a little disappointed not to get the whole hair motion, but c'est la vie, I guess, is what it is. 
Montel and Sylvia obviously work together a lot. I didn't, I probably could have looked up how often she's on the show, but I did not. But she is constantly there. Even, I mean, even in their conversation, she's like, it's like I say every week, Montel. <laughs> like, she's obviously there all the time. She is there to promote. I mean, I don't know if she's there to promote. I guess she's there to promote, we could say that, her newest book at the time, which is Secrets and Mysteries Revealed. Ooh, ooh. it might have been. I wrote like, Secrets and Mysteries Revealed. I've, it might have been Secrets and Mysteries of the World Revealed. So, shit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's the book that she's here to talk about. Anyway, when she speaks, I'm. we're going to do our best to go through this. I don't know how it's going to really work for a recap. Because Sylvia Brown speaks in esoteric word salad. <laughs> If you're like me and you've stumbled quite a bit down the path of like, well, I'll call it cults, I guess. Cults isn't technically, I mean, it is a word because people use it. You all know what I mean by cults, but like technically, I guess the term is new religious movements. There's a lot of words that come up a lot when you're looking at new religious movements or if you're studying new religious movements because they are mostly, not they're all based on the same thing, but if you distill it down, I mean, they all are mostly based off of something, except for Scientology. Scientology is probably the only new religious movement that's not, well, it's not a, careful, (laughs) in my own opinion, I would say it's not a religion. So maybe that's why, but mostly like, say the branch Davidians come from Christianity. Um, I mean, there's a lot more that we could, but I mean, they mostly stem from something. So it makes sense that, you know, a lot of the same words kind of come up again and again when you're looking at them. And a lot of those words are what we hear from Sylvia Brown. So I would say she's done her research. It's it's kind of hard. I do have a bit of a problem, I would say, with cold readings or with quote unquote psychics. It's not that I don't believe that anybody is a psychic. I do believe or I don't know if I believe I'm open to it. I'm not, I'm not completely closed minded. I am open to it. A lot of times when I hear quote unquote psychics talk, they make a lot of points that sound good in the moment. And then when you think back, you're like, well, uh, maybe that's kind of obvious or like, you know, I, the average person probably could have assumed that. For example, I went and saw a psychic at one point and one of the things she said was about my well she kept saying my grandmother like oh your grandmother is watching over you your grandmother and both of my grandmothers at the time were still alive (laughs) which was like I don't know what to tell you girl she's like no it's like an older female relative I was like they are all alive (laughs) so I don't know and then she was like I was like maybe my great-grandmother so that's kind of where we went down to but Okay, I mean, at the age I was, it's it's reasonable to think that somebody might have lost an older female relative by the time they get into their 20s. Okay, and then she was, I guess, trying to add more details about this woman, and she was saying, well, uh, she had a job, like, as a caretaker, right, taking care of people, like, maybe, like, a nurse or something like that. 
Which, first of all, is not it's not actually correct about my great grandmother. She did work at a hospital, but she was making food, which I guess we could loosely say is taking care of people. But the thing about that is, when you really think about it, right? Women, we're saying an older female relative. So let's say like sixty years ago, they would have been working. Well. I think every job, I'm going to say 95% of job opportunities for women 60 years ago probably fall into the category of taking care of other people. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's not, when I was like, oh, right, what else would you be doing? I guess teaching, but teaching is also kind of like in service of other people, Um, nursing, like being a literal servant, I guess, or like housekeeper. I just feel like the job opportunities were pretty thin on the ground and most of them were what women have traditionally been pigeonholed into, (laughs) like taking care of other people. Like that's a pretty loose um, description. So that's the kind of thing where I mean, I'm like, oh, that is sort of specific, but also, I mean, we, it's not, that's an educated guess, I would say, not even educated, but you know what I mean? Like, a vaguely educated guess. So some of those answers from Sylvia, I think, do fall into that category. But we'll see. We'll have a look and we'll do our best. Like I said, there's a lot of um, this word salad in here, but we'll go through as we go. So let's get started, I suppose. We dive straight in. Montel's like, the Bermuda Triangle. What's that about? (laughs) What's going on there? These are the mysteries of the world, I guess. That uh, <laughs> That's the first question. I do feel like the, we used to talk about the Bermuda Triangle more than we do now. It must have been some weird TV phenomenon. I don't know. I'm not as concerned anymore in 2023 about <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle as I used to be in 2005. That's for sure. Sylvia says that her spirit guide, Francine said there's other places that are the same. It's not just the Bermuda Triangle. She describes it as like a teleportation tube, (laughs) like where they used to send, like how they used to send money, or not money, I guess, like messages. She says Macy's. Maybe I'm thinking of a different reference. I was thinking about it as like those letter tubes in (laughs) big buildings that you see in the movies that I've never seen in real life. I've always worked in an office and I've never even, it's not even like, oh, those tubes we used to use back in the day. It just was never, never a thing or as far as my life and career goes, but maybe it was more common. It must've been back before email, things like that. What a world that must've been. Anyway, she says it's like those tubes and then we end up in them accidentally, but we don't know how to use them. So we get stuck and someone from the other side has to come and rescue us. Like we're in some kind of interdimensional elevator. Why didn't she say elevator? That would have been a much better analogy than fucking teleportation tube. But anyway, so it's like we're in the elevator and we don't know how to use it. So we're just mashing buttons (laughs) and eventually somebody has to come get us. She talks about one case where there was a guy who... allegedly we'll put a big allegedly just right on blanket allegedly on everything in this episode but she talks about someone who was allegedly taken or 
ended up in one of these tubes, which was outside of their house, I guess, for some reason, and was stuck in there for like two or three days, and their whole family could hear them screaming the whole time. (laughs) I don't know if that's documented or not. Maybe it could be. Like I said, I'm not really close-minded to any of this. It's just like, I I don't trust Sylvia Brown a lot with it. Like, so... That's where I start. I'm I'm not skeptical of cool shit. I'm skeptical of Sylvia Brown lying about cool shit, just to be clear. Anyway, so Montel's like teleported where? Like, where are we going? She's like, to another galaxy, Andromeda. She keeps throwing in the same kind of uh, canned joke, I would call it, where she's like, Andromeda. I think a lot of your audience members are from Andromeda. <laughs> like, it's this funny, like, oh, weirdos everywhere joke. But she does it maybe three, I think three times in this episode about various things. So it kind of loses. I mean, we can see that it's canned. So it kind of loses its uh, humor, I guess, in that sense. And then we, we I don't know if we want to say flip, like we kind of... I don't know. Montel starts talking. He's like, okay, cool. So we got the Bermuda Triangle. Done. Atlantis. West Atlantis. Uh, Sylvia Brown is like, oh, yeah, Jacques Cousteau found it. (laughs) I don't know much. I don't know much about Jacques Cousteau. He went in boats, right? He found some stuff. Well, apparently he found Atlantis, too. Sylvia Brown says she was in Greece. And everybody in Greece is just like, we are Atlanteans. This is Atlantis. Which I kind of call bullshit on, too, because we definitely know what Greece was. Like, doesn't all of the accounts of Atlantis come from... Oh, my God. Why didn't I do any research? It's like I half know it. I'm just really bad at stories. It's one of those old guys who wrote a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was he was a Greek who wrote about... It was like Plato, but not necessarily... Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Someone Plato-esque, I guess, I'm sure, wrote about Atlantis. And that's like the only reason, as far as I know, that we really have to believe that it ever existed. Because Plato, not Plato was writing about something and they were like oh just like in Atlantis and then they moved on and we were like what <laughs> like when historians read it back they were like what <laughs> so two possibilities Sylvia Brown's bullshit or maybe it was just in Greece and like Greek people are like have more understanding <laughs> of like maybe they just used Greece and Atlantis interchangeably you know what I mean anyway <laughs> so Sylvia was in Greece and she was standing on top of a building and she saw an implosion she says Atlantis went down because of their technology and also a tsunami but that also didn't make sense to me because I was like as I'm typing my notes I was like so two things like it seems like I mean, okay, like, in 2023, our technology is what it is, and it could certainly destroy us, but if we got hit by an asteroid, and then someone asked me, like, why did the Earth get destroyed, I think I'd probably say the asteroid. (laughs) Like, I don't think I would really bring the technology into it. Maybe that's just me. Anyway, (laughs) so she said it became a crater. Why would a tsunami make an island into a crater? 
as see this is what i'm saying about these cold readers is that it's like it sounds good on the level that you hear it but then when you listen to it three times and try to explain it to someone else you're like wait does any of this make any fucking sense no it doesn't so a tsunami created a crater which is i'm pretty sure not how fucking tsunamis work okay and cut the continent in half what okay okay um a doc this was the most off the wall shit of like what are you talking about a doctor friend of sylvia's found part of it they found this is me like frantically typing notes trying to keep up with this word salad of hers she says her doctor friend found a part of it they found a pyramid that had a crystal on it this doctor had stomach cancer that was cured by this pyramid. And all of this is connected to the Bermuda Triangle. Did that, you guys with me? Did that make any sense to anyone? Because to me, it did not make, didn't make any sense to me. Go figure. And also in there, as she's like word salading around this, she also drops in Lemuria. That's where I really fell off, guys. Like I said, I'm pretty open-minded to a point. But here's the thing about Lemuria. If you listen to last podcast on the left, which I definitely recommend. Well, I know it's not for everyone. I really enjoy it. I'd say go over, uh, take a lick of that flavor. And if you like it, dive in. And if not, I guess stay away from it. But um, they have a whole episode on Lemuria. And basically from the research, it seems that Lemuria never existed in any way. I think they had something about lemurs like lemurs are only found like madagascar and then there's some other random place that's like geographically how the world looks now very far from madagascar those are the only two places that they have lemurs so it was theorized that there must have been some kind of like land bridge or like some other kind of continent or some other land bridge, I guess, that they call Lemuria that would have connected Madagascar and, I don't know, the other place that lemurs live. But, uh, no. <laughs> it has, like, definitely been proven that that was never, that never existed. It's just, like, from whatever Pangea to now, like, things moved on their own, and that's why that happened, maybe with the lemurs, but... No, we've got a pretty good handle on it at this point that lemur or lemuria lemurs do exist. <laughs> Sorry, that is lemurs are definitely around. Uh, lemuria, not so much. Lemuria is garbage. So when one and when anybody from any of these esoteric places, I guess, or viewpoints is talking and I'm listening and I'm like, okay, okay, and then as soon as they get to Lemuria, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> damn it, it was all a lie, <laughs> or you don't know what you're talking about. I say that, I mean, Madame Blavatsky did talk about Lemuria a lot. I guess the difference is Madame Blavatsky was around when it was, we didn't know about like continental drift and Pangea and stuff like that. So I mean, it does also point to Madame Blavatsky also kind of being full of shit, but yeah, I just it's just that's kind of where my open-mindedness gets a little bit more closed in any given situation. As soon as I hear the word Lemuria, I'm like, oh no, oh no, it's not real what you're saying. Damn it. So we went from Bermuda Triangle, we shifted to Atlantis, brief stopover in Lemuria, and now we're going to talk about Stonehenge. 
Sylvia says, I guess this is what her book is. I guess this is why we're talking about, like, mysteries of the world. I guess that's what she explains in her book. God knows. Of maybe one day in, like, a distant future when I, um, if I ever do a Patreon, which hopefully, I hope that, uh, I hope this podcast becomes popular enough to warrant a Patreon. That'd be pretty sick. One day. A girl can dream. I dream of having, like, a low level success at podcasting just like if if I get to the level where I make a Patreon and one person subscribes to that Patreon I will consider myself a success <laughs> just so you all know where I am with my dreams and my hopes anyway so maybe one day on a a hypothetical Patreon, I could read one of these Sylvia Brown books and do a do a little blow by blow on one of those. We'll see. It sounds stressful <laughs> to me in the same way. I mean, even going into this, I know I said it was going to be a bit weird. The thing is, is like Sylvia Brown's talking so fast and she's dropping all these little words like Lemuria where I'm like, ooh, I want to talk about that. But then she just goes right away to talking about something else <laughs> it's just it can be I I imagine the book is more of the same word salad is what I'm trying to say it's kind of hard to parse out word salad sometimes but so Stonehenge we're at Stonehenge Sylvia went there and she saw like in quotes <laughs> saw air quotes saw men in white robes coming down the hill towards Stonehenge chanting there were women and children waiting around for the ritual to start eating apples and oranges, she said. <laughs> so I did a little quick dive. This is me. This is me doing research, guys. So I hope you're impressed. <laughs> well, oranges, eating apples and oranges. I, I don't know what <laughs> I immediately I was like did England have oranges <laughs> when did England get oranges so I looked that up that was like the 16th century it seems like they had oranges for the first time in England Stonehenge is listed as being about 5,000 years old so I think Sylvia's vision might have been off by maybe like 3,400 years <laughs> something like that if my math is right it's probably not she says, she calls him the headmaster, I guess the leader of the men in white robes, which I would never use the word headmaster like that. That's more of like a a prince, well, what we call here like a prin- principal in schools in England, I guess they call them headmaster, headmistress. I just would never use that terminology talking about a ritual, but maybe that's my own uh, bias. I don't know. He put a golden sword on an altar and then passed through a portal. So this is another one of her teleportation tubes, I guess, or a series of them, because she said it's like each doorway in Stonehenge goes to another dimension. And then she says all of this is symbolic, like a pyramid. These were their temples. That last part didn't make any sense to me. This is all symbolic, so it's not real then. It's allegory, but then... People are literally passing through the portals, symbolic like a pyramid. How is a pyramid symbolic? Like it's a real pyramid. What is it a symbol of? I just don't 
really understand. And then we're going to move right on over. This is all connected. I don't, I don't disagree with it being all connected. I do feel like this is maybe all connected just in my own. I don't fucking know, but in my own head, like I definitely agree that this at least could be all connected. It's just the webbing that Sylvia uses to like piece it together. I, I don't know. UFOs and Bigfoot. Even UFOs and Bigfoot tie into this, they say. So an audience member has a UFO on tape, but we're not going to talk about that yet. We're just going to bring it up, cut to commercial, come back. Now, my favorite, favorite part about this recap is that people will show up. I imagine I had a question for Sylvia Brown, like something that was really important to me that I felt like you, just, I just couldn't get an answer for you know, in the real world, if you will. And taking all this time to go and find her and be where she is. And my question gets picked. Oh my God, that's so exciting. And <laughs> Sylvia will give like a less than five words answer, <laughs> which I kind of love, but <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine being the person who brought this question and getting like a less, like such a direct answer. Like they're so direct and specific that it really like shuts down conversation. Sylvia is like, she, I, I can't, if you're in cold reading, I have to imagine that you took at least one improv class, but Sylvia seems to be doing her goddamn best to do the opposite of yes anding people. Or, like, she just yes ands them right into a corner with no exit. And sometimes Montel kind of, like, will help her out. But sometimes she's just she's just almost too straightforward to be a psychic. <laughs> to, I don't know, to for any of this to kind of feel good. So we have an audience. You're going to see what I mean. I'm sure that was really rambling, but I feel like you're going to see what I mean in a second. So question, an audience member stands up. We get a lot of these audience questions in this episode. She stands up. She says, my brother passed away mysteriously at his kitchen table. Do you know why that was? And Sylvia's like, it was a stroke. And the audience member's like, okay, thanks. (laughs) Sit down. And if it, if Sylvia had her way, we would move right on. <laughs> it's like nothing. Like oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you ask, I mean, you ask a specific question, you get a specific answer out of Sylvia. She's. Uh, I'm kind of here for it. I guess I don't know how I feel, but I think I'm here for it. Montel does kind of ask a couple follow up questions where he's like. It is that what the coroner said? <laughs> like, what did the coroner say? She's just like, oh, they were like, they had said it was his medication or something to do with the medication. He just like threw up and keeled over. And Sylvia's like, gotta love these coroners, eh? <laughs> like, that's a fucking knee slapper. Uh, and she's like, no, it was a stroke. And strokes can show up in different ways. All right, thank you. Next question. (laughs) So next audience question. I lost my mom in 2002. And before she died, she told me she would send me a baby from heaven. Will I ever have a baby? And Sylvia's like, yes, a baby girl. And the audience member's like, okay. Sits down. That's it. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, we go back to this UFO tape that they brought up, which they're going to somehow tie back, I guess, to Andromeda, Stonehenge, Atlantis, Lemuria. <laughs> Wasn't there another one in there? That we, oh, the Bermuda Triangle. They show us this. Yeah, I don't know. They show us this tape. I really couldn't make heads or tails of this tape, to be honest. It looked... It looked like a shitty low quality tape that someone had filmed with their phone and then re-uploaded to YouTube. So I, I mean, we know, we know if, I don't know if it had been a big deal, I feel like we would have heard about it or it would have been like a famous video. Maybe not. I don't know. But the video looked garbage. We're told it's some shit in the sky moving around weirdly. The guy said it went on for three nights. Military helicopters like came to check it out and the whole thing. No one knows what it is. Does Sylvia Brown know? Sylvia Brown says, this was a UFO for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no shit, Sylvia. What does UFO stand for? Unidentified flying object. Cool. So we know it was in the sky. So it's definitely flying. I guess it was an object because we could see it and it's unidentified. But I'm really, really glad that we brought this to Sylvia so she could confirm the literal words that we just told her about the video. <laughs> like, okay. And then she says, do you know how many people in the southern hemisphere of the U.S. have seen UFOs? Um, no, like the southern hemisphere of the United States. Again, this is kind of like a big word that if you actually look at it it's bullshit because this like hemisphere has a specific meaning subsection <laughs> of the sphere of the globe and the u.s is not fucking in the southern hemisphere of goddamn anything on earth it's in north america in the northern hemisphere hemisphere half of the sphere sorry (laughs) it's just like I don't know why of all the things I'm sure she just said it offhand and maybe afterwards she was like oh shit I should have said that but like it's just so stupid or it's just so it's so demonstrably incorrect I guess that it just I don't know stuck in my craw I guess why do they concentrate there she wonders now I'm gonna go back for a second to last pot on the left because they have a theory which I do find to be compelling is that a lot of I don't know call it UFO activity kicked up it seems like it does happen mostly in the U.S. maybe because America is kind of known for having the biggest imagination so maybe that factors into you know why (laughs) we get more of this in the southern half of the United States I assume she meant the southern half of the United States by hemisphere anyway um there's another kind of theory that uh because Americans were the first ones to split the atom and develop nuclear weapons that is why it's such a focus of I don't know, a UFO, you know, activity, because it's one thing, you know, if you think about it, like, I, I guess, okay, I don't want to tell you exactly from, but like if ants, if you're looking at ants and you're like, yeah, okay, ants are, ants are pretty cool. But like if an, if a group of ants learn how to operate a handgun, 
I think we'd be a lot more fucking interested in ants and what they're doing <laughs> down there, right? Like it's it's the same analogy. Like if if we're little ants on the globe and aliens are like, yeah, they're fine. I don't know. They seem pretty boring. Not that smart. And then and then America splits the atom. Um, suddenly we're more interesting <laughs> to them that they would be like, oh shit, we gotta we better go check on those guys. And then because it happened in America, and that would. I think that does actually create like a, you know, a nuclear signature or a radiation signature, I guess, and carbon atoms and stuff like that. So that, that could be noticeable and that they could be able to localize it to the United States. And maybe they just, you know, if, if an ant in North America learned to operate a handgun, I'd probably start with the North American ants before I went and checked in on, like, the African ants or, you know, ants in other places, <laughs> because those would be sort of, uh, you know, the ones to catch your attention. So that's my answer to your question, Sylvia, <laughs> if you're listening or if you care at all. And it's not even my answer. I'm not trying to take credit for that. But I do think it makes some sense. So I will give it some credit. If you want to learn more, I think they talk about it in Last Pot on the Left, uh, their series on Rendlesham Forest which is very good. So Sylvia keeps going and she's like, you know what I hate? It's like, they think we're stupid. It's like area. What is it? 51. (laughs) Okay. Sylvia, you know, goddamn well what the number is. Don't give me that shit like this again. It's like, I don't know what the purpose of that is or of, of, trying to play off like you don't know what area 51 is. Sylvia Brown, you have by your own words been doing this for 50 years years and you don't know which area it is it's like the only area I've ever heard of in the United like nobody's ever like oh area 49 or area 62 like it's the only one that anybody cares about it's this one you should know what if you know what Lemuria is you know what fucking area 51 is give me a break Sylvia full of shit (laughs) jesus um she says area 51 is where they try to reproduce these things she's like if like they could just tell us you know there's shit flying around we don't know what it is we're trying to figure it out we'd all be fine with it logically if aliens can get here to hurt us like logically if they can get here they can hurt us right so like if they have the technology to travel all the way here they wouldn't be like oh no how do we stomp them out? Like they would know. So if they haven't heard us yet, they won't. And then she takes it further and says, they colonized us. They must be so disappointed in us when they see what we've done. Sylvia doesn't, doesn't elaborate on that. So I don't know. I assume she means with the environment, but we, I don't know. I, I'm just inserting my own like thing of what I think we've done into that. So I don't know what that is. Anyway, we're going to move on anyway, so don't uh, don't think about it. Uh, question from the audience. She says, I lost an 11-year-old handicapped son. I, I don't know. I think she's like, is he okay? Or something like that. But Sylvia's kind of, I think she kind of just cuts in. And she's like, he just went right to the other side. Like, don't worry about it. Something about, like, a noisy bear or something like that. He's just doing that to show you he's still around. And the best part is he's not handicapped on the other side. And the mom was like, I know. And I I know that's, like, an obvious... That's an obvious thing to say, right? Obviously, like, he wouldn't be like... And he's fucking miserable. (laughs) Like, everybody wants what's best for their loved ones. Obviously, you'd be like... Like, that's just... 
yeah, that you should say that. But I still cried <laughs> when she said it. I was just as a mom, it's like, ah, that's so good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Another question, uh, I'm two months pregnant. Will my baby be healthy? I have a lot of health problems. She looked, I mean, I don't know what her health problems was. She looked fine. Sylvia says, yes, but watch your sugar. And again, I don't know what is, okay. Yeah, I understand you do want to ask that question at two months pregnant, but like what answer do you think you're going to get, right? <laughs> like, I hope you get a yes, they will be healthy. But, like, does anyone expect Sylvia on the Montel show at whatever this time played, like, 2 or 3 p.m. to be like, no, you're going to have a miscarriage, so just prepare for that. Like, that would be horrible. So, yeah, I, I mean, that question happened for whatever that's worth. This other lady, okay, <laughs> we've had a lot of quick questions with quick answers, but we're about to embark down a big wormhole, I guess, here. This lady in the audience says, in 1988 at 11.30 p.m., really, really specific, I was walking across a field behind my apartment, and I realized I was wearing inappropriate clothes for where I was headed, which was like, I don't know what that... I don't know what that means, but you should probably think about that before you leave your apartment, you weirdo. <laughs> Seems odd. I definitely check what I'm wearing before I leave the house and think about where I'm going. Anyway, uh, so she turned around and then she saw something digging through the dumpster 50 feet away. I'm two things. I'm in Canada, so I only really fully understand metric. And second thing, I'm horrible at estimating distances and quantities, but definitely distances. So 50 feet away, I was like, whoa, that's pretty far. But then I guess she got a bit closer, 10 feet away. 10 feet away is pretty close. She said, 10, when I got 10 feet away from it, it heard me. It looked at me. All I could see was gray, no nose, no mouth, no ear. Black, no ears, sorry, no ear or ears. Black beady eyes. She says, I was frozen in time for two minutes, which at first I was like, ooh, that could be like a time loss thing or something. That's interesting. But it was like, two minutes is not really that long. I don't know. You maybe were just shocked or confused. By her own admission, it was dark. Where are you going at 11.30 p.m.? And are you sober? <laughs> Those are two big questions that I have. Anyway, she was frozen in time looking at this thing for two minutes. It, she said, it wasn't an animal. When I went back with a car, it was gone. And then later, she says she like, was so scared. She like didn't even leave her apartment for two weeks. Sylvia Brown goes in but then she's like immediately she's like this takes too long but let me go fast there are seven levels of extension above this level <laughs> it's like oh no that's a real way to start <laughs> it's, a, it's a bold start earth this it still didn't make any sense what she was saying obviously she was trying to condense it maybe i'll give her a benefit of a doubt maybe it would make more sense if she wasn't like admittedly rushing through it but she said what I, from the notes I took, this is what she said. She said, there's seven levels of extension above this level, earth being the middle level. So immediately I was like, so how is it seven above? 
I think she <laughs> she meant total. Like there are seven levels of extension above above Earth. Earth is the middle, and then below that are seven other levels, and that's where unicorns and gnomes live. Because there are stories globally about norms and norms, <laughs> gnomes and unicorns, and that would just never happen unless it was like a universal phenomenon like people wouldn't independent what she's saying is that people wouldn't independently across different geographies make up stories about the same cryptids I don't know if I fully believe that anyway maybe I get just a lot of this you're like oh maybe I don't know uh, so she said the seven, I did try to look up about unicorns cause I was like, is that actually true that like lots of people have believed in unicorns? But I think it seemed like maybe yes, they definitely said China and I think they said India and I think I've heard about them out of Korea. So that actually kind of feels like the same, I'm not this, not this, like those are obviously not the same countries, but they are geographically close to each other relatively speaking like i don't know (laughs) did indigenous people in north america have stories about unicorns i wonder that would be interesting to look up on a different podcast not this podcast because we're trying to talk about talk shows right now anyway so so sometimes what she says is sometimes these seven lower levels bleed through I'm going to steal from Last Potted one more time and say that they actually, she says bleed through. I actually (laughs) think they have kind of a better um, analogy for it, which would be like a, sorry, it took me so long to think of the word that I was looking for. I had to stop recording. (laughs) Jesus. Um, Hernia. Um, They are like a, like a spiritual or like an astral hernia (laughs) that they've kind of popped out of their world and into ours for a second. I mean, I, it could, it depends, I guess how easy it is to get it go back, but that's what she says. This, this creature that she saw was a bleed through or like a, an astral hernia, as I call it through from one of those lower levels. And then Sylvia's like in my world, she means like the world of psychics and, uh, esotericism question mark um that she comes from she says we call them in our world subterraneans montel jumps in to say he saw a chupacabra and he knows what he saw damn it he's like you keep talking about this chupacabra he's like i saw it (laughs) sylvia says that's also a lower level thing that like pops up this chupacabra so he asks about the loch ness monster so how about the loch ness monster and she says well that is a tulpa it did exist at one time because there were some monks feeding it, and I guess that's somehow documented, but now it's a talpa. I'm okay, I did say on the last one the last that was gonna be my last last pot on the on the left reference, but it's not because they I have definitely come to understand what talpas are over the years of listening to last pod. My understanding of a talpa Again, if you're interested, go look up the last pod episode on Jeff the Mongoose because that it's a really cool tulpa. Basically, it's like if you believe in something so hard, like if you have an imaginary friend and you truly believe in it hard enough and interact with it like it's real and, you know, really kind of pour your life energy and belief into it like that, that it will become real. And there are... 
like I said, Jeff the Mongoose. Like, um, later she kind of, Sylvia Brown gives this example of a monk or something that somebody made. But, like, you can you can put enough energy into something like that that it becomes real and it starts to interact and things like that. So she says that Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster are tulpas, that they're not real, but because so many people pour so much belief into them, it makes them real. I, I'm not, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I feel like more, I don't know. I see what she's saying, but to me, a tulpa is something that you could kind of regular, not control, but like regularly interact with. And it's more of like a personal, like I created this tulpa and I brought it into existence. Maybe if my family also believes in it, that would also like give it more power or a manifestation. But having a lot of people believe in Bigfoot and then random people here and there, maybe they believe, maybe they don't see it. Like that's not really my definition of Tulpa, I guess, but I can see maybe where she's going. So she says, okay, angels exist, fairies exist. Sylvia Brown says she didn't believe in fairies, which is like, why, Sylvia? Because you believe in every other fucking thing. And now suddenly you you never believed in fairies. But she was like, ugh, I was married to an Irishman. I was just so sick of hearing about these stupid fairies. And then she saw one in the ring of Carrie on an oleander bush sitting there. She says, that's a lower level thing. The Montel's like, okay, so fairy, we have pharaohs, we have gnomes, chupacabra, those all exist, but not Bigfoot. <laughs> She's like, well, Bigfoot isn't real as a thing, but it's real as a life force energy. Maybe it's me that I don't understand this. I don't know. Anyway, we move on to a question from a lady with wild hair. It's like red and spiky. <laughs> like, um, like Kate Goslin spiked her hair and dyed it red I guess she's got on this like hot pink sweater with a green collared shirt underneath and bright green pants it's alarming but we don't get to hear what her question is because the recording that I was watching cut off halfway through and then we got another question answered but we missed her question so bit of a bit of a whoops in the VHS there that's okay so Sylvia's talking to some other woman about not not the pink sweater lady. I guess we can imagine it's her. It's kind of fun. It doesn't really matter. Um, Sylvia's like, well, your house used to be over in Indian Village. And then she says the word Indian, I don't know, like 4,000 times, which was like nails in a chalkboard. I was like, no, 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 Sylvia. Like even in 2005, I feel like we knew not to say that. Like, that's not the correct word. And then uh, even, I think at that time, probably the right, like, the quote-unquote correct word was Native American. And we didn't even get that. Now, obviously, it's, like, Indigenous people. Or you could even say Cree, I guess, or, you know, their actual uh, ethnicity. But um, anyway, Sylvia doesn't know. And not only does she not know, she's like, yeah, it was an Indian village. It's where Indians lived. They were just, it was all Indians, not like where Indians would, you know, have necessary rituals, but just like where Indians would live with other Indians in their Indian villages. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Sylvia, please stop. 
It was like having an aunt that you know means well, like out in public, and she starts saying Indian. You're like, oh my god, stop, 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 stop! And it's like it's every fifth word probably, and I honestly wasn't very interesting. Beyond that, I don't know. This woman used to live where there was an indigenous village a long time ago, and the people, I guess, are the imprints of those people who lived there. Possibly a shaman lady. Uh, are still there hanging out cool awesome the next question is from a lady who had this is kind of specific again I just I feel like this lady it was like you came with your own answer right you don't need Sylvia for this this is stupid uh she said when she was a kid she had an imaginary friend she named Juju Ann which is a weird name but I I won't I don't know kids are weird so I can't hold that against her I guess one day they were driving they went over what she describes she doesn't say how they went over it but she describes this as a footbridge that a car could drive over so just a bridge I think we call that a bridge and she said she started freaking out when they went over this bridge and then she never saw her imaginary friend after that and so she's wondering if that was like related Sylvia Brown says, yes, that was a past life. Uh, that uh, Maybe she died on that bridge or something. That seems like something you could easily look up. This woman's an adult, so she's had a lot of time to look that up. We had internet in 2005, right? Like, you could have looked that up. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yes, that was a past life. You died there, and that... Juju Ann was your sister, so she was just staying with you until you worked through it. Okay, we got another quick one here. Uh, audience member asks, what exactly... Okay, <laughs> my notes, like my laptop froze like three times while I was writing this, and I have to, I had to write it down three times. What exactly is causing my son's esophagitis? I could have definitely gotten that wrong. <laughs> Sorry, esophagitis, something about his esophagus. Esophagus. Sylvia is like dairy. All right, moving on. Question. I'm in a very serious relationship right now with an older gentleman. Montel jumps in like he's prepping for his next show. Like he's like, I'm going to get this bitch back. He's like, how serious is it? How old is he? (laughs) Tell me more. The audience member is like, well, we've been together for four years. He's 11 years older than me. Is this the right person for me? Sylvia's like, of course. Again, what do you want her to say? No. (laughs) He's terrible. He's cheating on you. No evidence. (laughs) Okay. Sylvia's like, of course. He's generous, kind, considerate, caring. And if you don't want him, send him this way. Another canned answer if I've ever heard one in my life. Sylvia, I get it. I get it. I imagine most of being a cold reader, a psychic, is mostly having these like pre-canned responses. (laughs) But it's so... You got to do better at making them seem authentic, Sylvia. <laughs> just I feel like women, once they get to a certain age, are just like, I know that you know what I'm doing and I don't even care anymore. <laughs> it is what it is. Anyway, next question. Almost a year ago, my nephew had a very violent death. Could you tell me why? And Sylvia cuts in and she's like, honey, I just got done telling you. <laughs> Which was like, what? <laughs> I Maybe we missed something when that green and pink horror visual horror asked a question that we missed something I I don't know what Sylvia's talking about but she's like again I what she's 
It sounds like she has the same frustration. She's like, I. it's because it was his time to go. <laughs> what do you want? Like, what do you want her to fucking say? Uh, and then she says, well, you know what? Like, no ghosts in 50 years have ever come to me and said, I had a violent death. So whatever it is to them, it's fine. It's not like their experience is not what we are seeing in our world. And then she pivots like she's kind of dismissive of this, right? She's like, I'm just telling you, like, it was his time to go. It is what it is. It's fine. If you feel like it was violent, he probably doesn't feel that way. He's in a better place. I can't literally none of that did we need a psychic for. But then again, maybe she feels that too, because then she's like, oh, what's the problem with his lungs? Like he couldn't breathe. This is another thing where like, yeah, I mean, he died. So at some point there was probably a problem with his lungs, Sylvia. Thank you for that. See right through your bullshit. (laughs) But also the audience members like his lungs got blown out. (laughs) She's like, well, that's why he couldn't. That's why. That's why his lungs then, right? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Cool. Um, This other audience member says, well, uh, my son just got home from Iraq. He might get out of it. He might go be deployed. Will he ever have to go back to Iraq? And Sylvia's like, no, he'll go into real estate. Something to do with real estate. All right, sure. It's a lot of, I'm, a lot of people go into real estate. But maybe. Power of suggestion. Maybe he did after seeing this. Who knows? Um, next question. <laughs> we just move right through these. My mom was a vegetable for 14 years. How did it happen? And did she know we were there? Sylvia says it was a neurological problem, like a stroke. Okay, if she was a vegetable, then it was obviously a neurological problem. That makes sense. But no, she was gone the whole time. Montel's like, oh, like, (laughs) Montel is like, oh, it's like Terry Schiavo. But I don't want to get too political. But like, hypothetically, if there's no brain activity, is the person still with us? And Sylvia's like, no, hard no, no, no. No, they're gone. Montel's like, okay, just hypothetical. I don't want to start like a big thing. I remember Terry Schiavo was like the hot topic. Of, it was like the Roe v. Wade of the time. I mean, Roe v. Wade was also the Roe v. Wade at that time, I guess. But it was like a big deal. Um, and then right after Montel is like, okay, I don't want to like get political about it. Sylvia tells a big story about the Pope's death. I don't even remember which pope but she's like it's like the pope he was gone for a long time (laughs) before he died so that's definitely it's a good way to keep it out of the political sphere sylvia is to just mention the pope right away the next question we get into a few like relationshipy kind of questions here which i don't know i guess i don't know i'm kind of torn both ways i don't like cold reader psychics because i think they take advantage of people who are in a vulnerable emotional state and I don't like that when people come for relationship advice I'm like sure <laughs> get it <laughs> like no I don't mean it's a quote-unquote psychic versus like a therapist you do you I guess like you're an adult you take advice from whatever suits you so I'm fine with that it just seems low stakes to me or like do you not have other people in your life that you could ask Say that other girl, right? Say like, oh, I've been dating this guy. He's kind of older. He seems fine. Is this the one? Like, 
ask your mom, ask your friend, (laughs) ask people who know him, like, hey, do you think this is a good relationship? That would be a reliable source of information to me. Anyway, who like when it comes to relationship stuff, I don't really care. She said, oh, question. I became a widow eight years ago. I met a guy a year and a half ago. Is this the right man for me? (laughs) Sylvia says, yeah, if you can get him to commit. (laughs) It's just like, again, just seems like an obvious, you know, low hanging fruit sort of prediction. Oh, the guy who's still single, who's probably in his 60s, has a hard time committing. Wow, Sylvia, how do you do it? (laughs) Okay, Sylvia kind of goes off. She's like, well, why do we even have to get married? Like, you... We're about the same age, right? Why Why do we even... Who cares? Like, who cares if we're going to get married or not? Montel is like, yeah, just live in sin, girl. Go get busy. Do your thing. <laughs> they have this, like, weird back and forth then where Montel's like, she could sleep with whoever she wants. And Sylvie's like, I guess, yeah. And Montel's like, but she doesn't have to sleep with him if she doesn't want to. <laughs> Sylvie's like, no, you're right. She doesn't. And Montel's like, but she can if she wants, right? <laughs> Sylvie's like, Montel, she can sleep with all the guys in this room if she wants to. I don't care, which is exactly how I feel <laughs> in this moment, truly. Next question. My grandfather died one year ago and my six-year-old sees him. Sylvia Brown's like, same, same. And my son never even met my dad. And audience is like, well, my grandfather and my son were pretty close. And Sylvia's like, oh, and see, my father never even met my son. So there you go. But yeah, they come visit us, of course. <laughs> Just another weird. Does Sylvia get tired? Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm tired recapping this, but it just seems like she's getting tired, maybe. Then she she must be getting tired because she kind of cuts into her own thing. And she's like, listen, I'm telling you people, but you don't believe me. The veil is thinning. See, And we're seeing more things. We're being able to contact the other side like never before. The way that she does that gives me weird Jim Jones vibes. She's like, listen, I'm always telling you people, but you don't believe me. Like this... You you were speaking to a group of people. Don't tell me what I believe. Like it just seems like a weird. It seems a like a weird way to make other people believe that you're smart or that you know what you talk what you're talking about. I I'm not gonna. Re- I feel like if I tried to explain it, I'd just be repeating literally that sentence. Like when you, it's like I don't know. It's like a is it a form of gaslighting when. I don't know what it is. It just seems like, it seems like a weird approach. And it gave me like serious cult leader vibes. Montel is like, you were talking about a secret. Is that secret? Are we getting close? And Sylvia's like, to the end of days. Yes, we are getting closer. (laughs) That just made me, I mean, if I, I, I already thought that this was getting into some weird cult territory or like, I guess, (laughs) new religious movement territory, but that took a, I was like, oh, check, please. <laughs> when we hear the end of days. Ooh. Uh, Sylvia then contradicts herself <laughs> because she's like, listen, when I first started, people wouldn't come out of the woodwork. Now people are seeing stuff all the time and they're not even afraid anymore to say anything. And it's like, so, okay, so are people seeing more because it's the end of days? 
Or are they more willing to come out now and tell you than they were 50 years ago, but it's actually the same amount of shit that people are seeing? Not clear. Montel's like, how about the Shroud of Turin? <laughs> He's like, I was watching something on the <laughs> It sounds like I hope I hope somewhere in the world Montel has a podcast of just him and Sylvia Brown talking because I feel like that's where this conversation needs to be. He's like, so how about the Shroud of Turin? I was watching the History Channel. They say that they were thinking maybe Da Vinci faked it. And Sylvia Brown's like, it's true. Our Lord was too tall. The Shroud was short. Montel's like, okay. Cool. Next question from the audience. Can you tell me anything about my spirit guide? And this is where you can definitely tell Sylvia's getting tired. She's like, this is, I'm going to add that a little bit, but in essence, this is exactly how she responds. She says, yeah, um, er, yeah, mm, yeah, um, er, uh, her name is, uh, Eloise. The audience members like, okay, thanks. This is gonna be so hard to edit because there are so many natural silences when Sylvia answers a question. Like, what does that tell you? Can you tell me anything about my spirit guide? If we cut down all her ums and urs, she's like, yeah, her name is Eloise. Oh, okay, thanks for that. Definitely not made up on the spot fact. Next question past few months I've had some difficult choices to make am I going down the right path Sylvie's like for sure you were going nowhere before this <laughs> okay you're going nowhere before that but you did she says you did a 180 degree angle um and now you're going somewhere <laughs> cool next question uh my good friend's son has down syndrome will he be okay i don't know what we knew about down syndrome in 2005 but like yeah he's gonna be fine like it's not a terminal illness like to have down syndrome but sylvia's like yeah 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 he'll be fine check his heart you want to check his heart that'd be a good idea but uh yeah he'll be fine next question i'm getting married oh let's see we're back to bear that always that makes me happier i'm getting married to the love of my life in october and he's in the army they said he might be deployed in 2008 is he gonna be okay <laughs> sylvia goes way not out of her lane but she's she's like yeah you know this whole war in iraq it's pretty much over like by the time by the end of this year we'll be out of there for sure no question <laughs> it's like i don't think the american people are gonna put up with it for much longer <sighs> Yikes, yikes. What did we just get? Did did the US just pull out of Iraq like last year? <laughs> like maybe 2021? So we're a little bit off on that one, I guess. Montel, I think, has a good counterpoint, which is true. <laughs> Where he's like, yeah, but if it just gets buried, like in the news cycle, this thing could just keep rolling in the background for ages. Bam, Montel's a psychic. <laughs> Montel just out psychic Sylvia. Sylvia's like, yeah, but then it's getting more into like Vietnam. Okay, like we can have two of the same thing happen. <laughs> just because Vietnam happened, it doesn't mean it can happen again. And that's a little bit different. I mean, it has similarities. I'm going to not talk in my ass, but wars I don't know about. But it seems different to me 
And Montel, again, that makes a great point. He's like, yeah, but look, like, the last few months, we're more concerned with local stories again. Like, Scott, oh, man, does he ever read the who's who of 2005? He's like, like, this Peterson's case, Scott Peterson, and the Jackson case, and Terry Schiavo. But Americans are dying every single day, and we stop talking about it. And Sylvia's like, yeah, that's true. And, you know, and then she... <laughs> it's like, it's I don't know, so much of this from Sylvia. I'm like, it's not fully incorrect, but Sylvia is like, well, you know, I believe charity starts at home, which, uh, I don't know. I <laughs> kind of threw up a red flag because it seemed sort of like a mega, like a pre mega mega thought of like let's take care of our but also like you shouldn't be inserting yourself in like foreign issues necessarily definitely not for like 20 years or however long they were in Iraq but mm, both sides of it (laughs) maybe somewhere in the middle a week ago on that one next question I was never married do you see that for me Sylvia's like, you're so lucky. <laughs> Can't answer. In three years, you will. And the girl's like, oh, to the guy that I met, like, that I'm with now. We met, like, five months ago. Sylvia's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, three years, we'll be married. Okay. Again, that's kind of could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Question. Next question from the audience. My aunt just passed away. Does she have anything to say to me? And Sylvia's, I don't know, I can't <laughs> What do you want her to say? She says, the nicest thing about you is you always checked in on her and made sure she was taken care of. And she's very grateful for that because no one else did. Okay, that's in kind of an obvious, kind of, not obvious, half obvious. Like, yeah, I mean, if he's asking for her, he probably did check in on her quite a bit. And it's his aunt, so it would be more typical from say her children or her husband or maybe even her parents depending how old they are to be constantly checking in on them to have a nephew be constantly checking in on them I could probably also deduce that not a lot of other people were like looking in on her not a hundred percent it's just it's like again it's like educated guess right like yeah and the guy's kind of like oh no and she's like oh I know you were even if you won't admit it (laughs) like just raised even more questions for me and that was it we go to a commercial we come back and we're done we're rolling credits Montel and Sylvia gabbing on good for them there were a lot of commercials of the time which looked worse I mean I haven't seen commercials since I don't know like 2012 maybe 2013 but <laughs> I thought, I remember commercials in 2005 being better quality than that. From what I looked like, there was a lot of like there were things I remember. There was things where I was like, "Ugh, that looks like from the 90s." Commercials seem like they're always 10 years behind whatever's going on. Anyway, I would have liked to actually recap those as well, or maybe throw a couple of these in here, but that undertone wine that was happening, like I said, I just was like, no, I'm not watching a second more of this than I really have to for this podcast. So anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, Just a quick reminder that if you could do me a solid, any kind of rate slash review slash subscribe is a huge help to me. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much if you've already done that. Preach. 
If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please be kind and send them to realityrootspod at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys, even just to know that somebody's listening. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> see a lot of downloads from different places in the world where I'm like, I know this isn't me because I think there was one download in France or something where I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I don't know who that person is, but cool. Thank you for listening. And if you want to drop me a line, then that's how you can do it. I will be back next week with some other wildness. And thank you. And have a good week. Bye.